Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, we were joined this afternoon by two fine comedians, lead supporting Rob Orton and uh, Red Sox and Boston Celtics supporting Alex Edelman. But uh, he was prepared to talk about other sports, including football and cricket and more, as you'll discover. We also uh, had a bit of a chat ourselves, as always. We brought you Striker, just uh, three more parts left of Steve Bruce's murder mystery. And we spoke to a West Brom fan who made a bit of a bold pronouncement the other day, head of the Stoke-Brentford uh, game, and is now living to regret it. It's tattoo-based, as they often are. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, listening to uh, Jim and Natalie, there's a lot of fuss about John Moss's boots. You know, his personally endorsed Mossy boots. Yeah. Personally, I, I don't have a problem with officials having their name on the boots. I've just ordered a pair of Adidas Darren cans. Have you really? really? Nice. Oh, yeah, tremendous. Lovely. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's great to see the assistant referees getting in. It's not the first one. Don't remember Chris Foy had Foy Foy boy. And the first one to do it was Uriah Rennie, who had a pair of personalised boots all those years ago. So it's. It's happened before. I, 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 I tend to agree. I don't think it's a particularly great... It's not a good look, is it, for referees? The, you know, you don't really want to notice the referees and it just doesn't... It's not no, a great it look. Doesn't. It's not great, but it doesn't... I, I, I wasn't sure it was worth so, getting so aerated about, but anyway, Jim was quite upset about it, but it didn't really bother me that much. <laughs> now, what a game... things to worry what, about. The, the two FA Cup games, we'll have a good chat with Motti, uh, but uh, congratulations mm. to Chelsea and Arsenal. They're, they're both there. Um... And, uh, again, David De Gea, not his finest hour, Andy. I'm sure you, you enjoyed his performance at the weekend. <laughs> I did. I mean, no, look, I, I don't like to see that. I, I thought Chelsea just... I mean, I suppose a lot of us feel this about our football teams. They're just the most inconsistent team. I thought yesterday was one of their best performances of the season. They were yeah. terrific. Yeah, a week ago, Bramwell Lane, they stunk the whole place out. They were dreadful. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? And, and it's funny how the thing... I mean, Friday night, I got really excited because West <laughs> Brom lost. I thought, oh, it's all in Brentford's hands now. We win tomorrow. It's it. It's there, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I spoke to my, my son's away and I sent him a text. And he, He's also getting quite excited because he knows I've bought a season ticket. So he sends to me, it's good, Dad. You can have live crushing disappointment every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it could put you into an early grave. I'm not sure it's a good idea. Now, my lot did you a favour yesterday with that oh, win they over did. Leicester. So I would like you to return the compliment at Wembley. Because I can see this doomsday scenario of Arsenal winning the <laughs> FA Cup. Your record against them at Wembley is not stunning, unfortunately. So I'm a mm. touch worried about this. And I do yes. kind of think that a lot of Chelsea... 
Chelsea fans, <clears> including <throat> their own Jason Cundy, would sit there and think, yeah, we might have lost the cup final, but at least Spurs on in Europa League. I think there might be a few <laughs> Chelsea fans who hate us enough to think, actually, I'd rather lose the cup final so Spurs don't get into the Europa League. That is not me. I definitely have it. I definitely <laughs> prefer Spurs to Arsenal on any day of the week. I, I thought Arsenal, that was one of their best performances yeah, very under good. Arteta. They played very, very well. But honestly, their fans, I think it's one of the things that winds up, you know, they forget it. seven days ago, they lost to Tottenham. I mean, Matt Scott was tweeting every three seconds saying how everything was great. They've, had, two, look, they've had two good performances since yes, then. Yes, they played, played well. well. They did. Looking, yeah. But, you know, they've got a long way to go, as we have as well, as a lot of teams have to catch the two at the top. Although City have been very strange in this period. They've either been brilliant or awful. But like we both said, if, if Sterling had... It's always an if in football, but if Sterling had stuck that one away early in the second half, it might have been a, a different game. Yeah. One of the maddest things I watched, we'll, we'll talk about this with, in full to uh, Motti, was Norwich against Burnley. So It was mad. I mean, it was just such a... a just a perfect storm of a first half for Norwich. Two yeah. red cards, absolutely dire. If a well-known beer company made first halves, it wouldn't be this one. It was a complete <laughs> disaster. They go down to nine men and then concede about 30 seconds later. Hopeless. But Being what, down what are you going to do? nine men in a first half, I couldn't think of many games that's happened, but one of them actually was when I was working at Chelsea at the bridge. It was against Leeds, funny enough. And I think, mm. I think, was it? I can't remember actually went down to nine men I think it might have been Chelsea the game still ended nil-nil but Chelsea went down this would have been the 97 around that sort of period God, I can't yeah. even remember last week no that's true that's why we I, do I don't, don't ask me but I think it was I think Leeds went down to okay. nine men they still got a nil-nil which probably would have annoyed you at the time I'm sure yeah I think I did I can remember it now being annoying even though I don't remember it <laughs> <laughs> you see I thought Spurs did well you see, see I said to you the thing about Jose Mourinho teams is they all have a certain pattern all his best teams yeah. are very solid they sit back, they play on the counter, and they all have a world-class centre-forward. Yeah. Costa, Drogba, Higuain in his pomp, now Harry Kane. And I think if Harry Kane hadn't got injured, I think Spurs may well have finished top four, as I felt they would when Mourinho went in there. And as he makes the point, can't wait to make the point, but he's right. Mm. Spurs have taken enough points since he got there to be yeah. in the top four. I did say to you yesterday in running, and it was mm. subsequently mentioned by Jamie Redknapp and then by Jermaine Jennings last night on Match of the Day, that Jose's very lucky there's no crowd there because obviously I'm there every week or every other week and I know how anxious we all get. If we, Even if we're 2-0 up with five minutes left, we're all going, oh, it's too early. Life has told us. <laughs> life has told us that's not... We're not the kind of team that shuts teams out. So Tottenham sit in a low block with 62,000 fans in there, most of them Spurs fans. They would have been saying to players, get up, push out, go for, a, you know, go for another goal. Yeah. So he's allowed to play that way, to have 29%. Uh, possession in a match at home mm. when there's no crowd there. And I'm sure the, the fans would feed off of that. It might become more difficult. I mean, it's going to be a while before there's 62,000 people in there again. But it does play into his hands. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I saw Daniel Fark saying uh, about lockdown, he said it wasn't an advantage for us to play behind closed doors. He, he said they needed the crowds. They needed the emotion of the crowds. Uh, and it just didn't it didn't do it for them. They couldn't get up in those big games. But for some managers, it's been a disaster. And for others like Jose, it's been a blessing, really, because it's let them play yeah. play as the away team at home and, if you like, get away with it. But, you know, look, it's effective. It's a bit nervy at times. I mean, look at the chances Leicester uh, made. There were some very good saves by the keeper. So you're often under the cosh, but he would argue that, uh, you know, three more points and a, and a decent win. And as you say, when you've got a striker like that, I just hope they can keep him. I see that his wife's 
uh, just announced his wife's having another baby. They are home birds. I'm very much hoping that she wants to stay near mum and doesn't fancy living in Turin next year. So, so uh, then maybe that'll have a bearing on it. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one for him. He loves Tottenham. He loves playing there. He wants to win stuff with them. Look, they've still got a very decent team. I think a lot will will happen in the transfer window, and that will, you know, whether Spurs do well in the transfer window, bring in some talent, you know, have a decent season, then you, fine. I, I see him being there next season, but if it's the same thing, if yeah. it's just outside the top four or fourth, I think he's going to look at himself. Well, I'm 27, I've got to go. And yeah. he will go, I think. Yeah. But I, I think you'll get another year out of him at least. So, you know. Well, let's see what happens. Fair enough. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. A number of uh, West Brom fans fearing the worst uh, ahead of the Stoke Brentford game starting to make all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful pronouncements. Um, one of them said, uh, a guy called David Guest, on because uh, uh, George, the Stoke fan, took to social media, said, Don't worry, West Brom fans, the mighty Stoke will beat Brentford tomorrow. And David Guest, he said, if that happens, I'll buy the full Stoke kit, have McLean put on the back, of course, former Baggies player, and wear it for work until the next season starts. So <laughs> do hope, David, you're going to uh, follow that up, mate. Um, but that pales into insignificance uh, compared to our next guest, Danny Williams, who said, if Stoke win today, I'll get James McLean wearing a full Stoke City kit tattooed on me that's a promise. Well, promise is a wow. promise. Good afternoon, Danny. Good afternoon. <laughs> now, you were clearly not expecting that to happen because uh, that, you know, that sounds quite an expensive and painful uh, thing to say you would do. So um, are you going to go through with it? Well, I don't think I would have said it if I expected it to happen. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go through with it. You are so you're, you're definitely oh, going to have it. You're, you're definitely going to have the, uh, the the James. Where have you thought about where you're going to have it? What part of the body? Yeah, I'll have it on the back of my leg. Okay. <laughs> Why would <laughs> you do that good. though? Don't don't do that. You don't need. Listen to, to do Uncle that. Andy, we, Danny. We, we all say mad things to try and influence football matches. You don't have to go ahead with that. Really, honestly, it'd be very nice of you if you do, but I don't think anyone would think any worse of you if you didn't. It's a double-edged sword. It's a case of, I don't get it, and I get slaughtered by everyone on Twitter. Well, <laughs> Or I get it done and get slaughtered by a few people. So That'll die down. I mean, I, I'm kind of with Uncle Andy on this. It will, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, sorry, I'm not that I suggest that a tattoo of James McLean is disfiguring yourself, but effectively, <laughs> every time you go to the Hawthorns in your shorts in that, sort of that, that couple of weeks of summer we have in August, they're going to say, you're a Stoke fan, mate. What are you doing? I mean, you're going to spend your whole life on a beach. You're a Stoke fan, mate. You're going to have Stoke fans coming up to you, uh, putting their arm around you. He'd be able to say, I, I had it when he played for Albion, didn't he? But he did, but it's, it's going to be, he's wearing a Stoke kit. He's wearing red and white stripes. You could always, you could have him in the Albion kit, but even then that would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? I could just colour over it, it's okay. I suppose you could. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think... I'm going to get that picture. That picture needs to go on in the, in the Stoke kit. Yeah. So, I mean, I the only thing about it is it may it may feel like you bock the team. If you don't do it, you'll forever curse the team. They'll look back to the Danny Williams, James McLean curse. <laughs> if only that bloke had had that tattoo, we wouldn't have spent four seasons in in uh, the uh, National League South. Um, this is the issue I've got. So, obviously, we didn't get promoted Wednesday. Yes. We stay down and then James McLean scores a, a goal against us next season. 
You'll blame yeah. yourself, won't you? Of exactly. course. Of it's, course. It, it's in Albion's hands now. I mean, Brentford blew it, really. I mean, you'll be delighted, but I, from Brentford point of view, it was a, a pretty poor result, a pretty poor performance, actually. But it's that thing, isn't it? When you're, tr- when you're trying to chase a team, it's much harder, isn't it? And as Albion have found, you know, when teams are chasing you, it's more difficult. But uh, they'll probably be all right now, I think. Well, it shouldn't have come to the having a tattoo in the first place. We should have took care of business at Huddersfield, but... We weren't going to that performance. Yeah, it was. It's it's been as Andy said. It, it's you could you could tell the pressure was getting to him. It was a slightly worrying thing. Who was we talking about this with uh, Perry Groves last week? It's not great when the when the manager says that. I, mean, I love Slavin and stuff, but to say, oh yeah, we're all incredibly nervous around there. I'm not sure you should be admitting to that. Really, I think Perry mm. was making that point with Jim last week. I mean, if you if that's the feeling, don't tell the world that you're all feeling nervous. You can probably spot that anyway. Oh yeah, I could spot it last week against Huddersfield, and I mean the game against Fulham, we was quite strong, but Huddersfield, it was a totally different team. I can't pick out a good performance out of anyone. So hopefully QPR, obviously, they, I've heard they love Brentford quite a lot. Well, Mark Mark <laughs> yeah. does. Of course, the, the the QPR manager was at Brentford. He does. He is a big. Well, you know, he loved the club when yeah. he was there. He's got, QPR aren't going to do Brentford any favors. No. They want to no. win the game for themselves. But uh, but they played. Yeah. They were very. They they beat Millwall the other day. So you know, they've yeah. gone out against a side with a bit to play for and beaten them. Scored four goals. So I wouldn't say it's going to be easy because they've got they've got a few uh, threats. QPR. Um, so they'll be right up for it. So it's going to be a nervy old night again, isn't it? It is. Well, to be fair, if we were in the same position, we were about to stop Wolves from going up, for example. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'd want to do the other team a favour, but... Yeah, that's very true. Have you... Um... Yes. Sorry, Andy, carry on. I was just going to say, Fulham aren't completely out of it, because if West Brom and Brentford were both to lose and Fulham win, they get automatically promoted. It's that thing, though, isn't it, that when the team that just misses out, we all know this, it never, ever go through the playoffs. I don't know what it is. It's, it's the disappointment, I think, of not making it when you should have done. So both Albion and, and Brentford are going to want to avoid the playoffs like mad, for obvious reasons. Yeah, I can't see Brentford really slipping up, to be honest, even if they did go to the playoffs. Really? Um, as as okay. I want to go up. I think they've been pretty consistent. Um, I think looked a bit of a different team on against Stoke, but I think, like I said, the pressure can do wonderful things. Yeah, yeah, it's so, true. Have you so finally, Danny? Have you looked into costings of the James McLean Stoke tattoo? Have you got any idea what it's likely <laughs> to cost you? Well, I've actually got it booked in for first of August. Right. Oh no! You're going to go for <laughs> it? And what are they going to charge you for it? Absolutely nothing. Uh, a baggy uh, popped up on Twitter saying we'll do it for free. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I say nice. And how big is James going to be? Is he going to be on your calf? Where's he going to be? Well, he's not a big lad, is he? So he doesn't need to be that big. <laughs> so wait, you're thinking, what, two or three inches? It's not going to be like the whole calf, is it? It's not going to be the sort of six, seven inches or something, is it? Well, he's not quite the controversial character, is he? So um, I don't know. It's going to be a small one probably, but... yeah. A tattoo, the tattoo. Well, look, have you got many already? Is this we won't be your first tattoo, will it? No, I've got an arm sleeve and some chest tattoos, so it's not my first rodeo. Oh, all right. So it'll get lost. It'll get lost in the mix, won't it? Of course. Yeah, it's not the first time I've done this. I, I think I said whoever scores the winner for the Albion, I'll get tattooed on them. Yeah. And it ended up being a nil-nil draw, so 
it was coming eventually. So, <laughs> so you've got yeah, away. Jimmy Mac. You've got away with one. So uh, fantastic. Well, okay. Well, Danny, we look forward to seeing the results on social media when when you've had it done. And find just find what's what, how do they feel about James at the Hawthorns these days? Because he did well for you, and then he moved on. Is he, does he get a bit of clog when he comes back, or do they do they still like him there? Yeah, there's a high percentage that don't like him for yeah his beliefs. But I, I like him. He put 110 percent in pretty much every game, so. I like him. His beliefs are his beliefs, and I, I can't really argue with that. So. Okay. Well, look, uh, good yeah. luck Wednesday. Um, all right, buddy. Thank and you. Uh, all the best. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Take care. Cheers. So he's going through with it then. Danny Williams, who said he would yeah. have James McLean in a Stoke kit tattoo. Can I just him. say, I hate Stoke now. <laughs> Why do you hate Stoke? Oh, because of. Oh, um, it was so negative. Michael O'Neill, <laughs> it was like watching Northern Ireland again. It's that same. <laughs> Negative football drives you potty. It's effective, but it's so awful to watch. But there you go. We know what every team do? that beat Chelsea, you then detest and want to go down. So it's going to be nice next season when you have another whole strand, of course, <laughs> of true. teams to hate. You'll end up hating everybody if Brentford come <laughs> well, up. No change there. No, that's very true. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Andy, uh, we've got a little bit of time to have a chat. We're going to um, bring you Striker very shortly. But before oh, that, what, what did you want to say? Well, I think we might be speaking to them later in the week, but a uh, very interesting story yesterday about Bucky Thistle FC. Mm. Uh, they feature in the latest novel by the uh, horror writer Stephen King. Wow. So hopefully it's not Misery 2, but I don't know. I don't know what it's <laughs> called. Yeah, I don't know. That's, we'll have to find out what the circumstances are. Do you want some planning news, Andy? Oh, planning news. Hawksby and Jacobs planning news on Talk Sport. Oh, he even got his own jingle. Uh, this one's sport-related. It Look, it's it, it, it's never going to be. No planning news will ever be Kevin Keegan's uh, on-off extension <laughs> planning. That was amazing. That was toed and froed. Would he get it? Wouldn't he get it? It was just, it was like, it was a white-knuckle ride of planning news. Uh, this one is Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, who is not particularly keen that uh, his noisy neighbours... Um, <laughs> want to demolish a two-storey house and build a three-storey mansion. Um, his people have uh, written a letter of opposition, but sadly, from Sir Alex, a rare defeat for him in a, in a career oh, of great wins. Uh, planners <laughs> have decided to allow the scheme to oh, go dear. ahead, so they're going to incur his wrath if they have a couple of uh, noisy <laughs> oh, barbecues. This sort of header appear above the gate. You wouldn't want to mess. They're going to get the hair dryer, aren't they, in their new three-storey house? So there we are. Let's say, not Kevin Keegan's extension, but planning news nonetheless. Well, that, that is good news. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but two 1950s sooty puppets yeah. used on TV by Harry Corbett are expected to fetch £2,000 at auction. Yeah. Uh, and I, actually, according to you, I thought they were only, you only used them until they were ready for chucking out. And that's well, a whole other I've got story. a story along those lines, but should I ever do the overnight show instead of Martin Kellner and don't, and don't really care? And I will tell that story one day, but uh, it, it may be some way off because it's, it's a touch sweary. And uh, yeah, they might don't want to frighten the kids. So uh, we'll, bring, we'll, bring, we'll bring you that another time. And I was reading about this woman, Elena Shilankova, 36, who grew her nails to nearly seven inches, wow. has finally cut, I don't know how this made our papers, finally cut them after six years in St. Petersburg, Russia. And I was thinking, she can't have been much good at 10-pin bowling, could she, previously? <laughs> Is that all you think about when it comes to it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to bring it back to sport. Uh, so in the, uh, apparently Stoke at the weekend, uh, if you'd gone to the game, the game against Brentford, mm. all the journalists were told to wear high 
high-vis vests. <laughs> it's that bit overkill, isn't it? Slightly. Covid-safe, high-vis vests. I mean, what, what difference would a bright yellow vest make you, whether you're passing the... I mean, a mask, I understand, but, but not a vest. No, no, it scares the vest. It's the colour. It scares yeah. away the virus, apparently. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Talking of clothes, um, I don't know if you know, have you heard of a thing called cottage core? Cottage core is where people who live in towns move to the country and pretend to be sort of, you know, country folk sort oh, of yeah. idea. And uh, David Beckham is mentioned as the quintessential cottage core. Uh, Person, he put a snap on Instagram featuring the former footballer in shaggy green knitwear, thoughtfully posed in a heavenly bucolic setting with cloth cap and walking stick in hand, as if he just returned from rescuing a lost ewe or tending to some broken fence post. It's absolutely yeah. true, that <laughs> really. But there you go, what can you do? Um, I mean, it, it, it would sort out if basically if you wanted to go and move to the country and, and, and pose like that, you also had to take a, t- a cow's temperature or something, or you have to do you have to don a <laughs> Donna rubber glove. I don't know. Who Don, yeah, I don't know. Who Donna rubber glove is. It's a fairly. <laughs> no, sorry, Donna, if you're a, listening. <laughs> lovely girl. No question. Yeah. And funny, you know, letters to tabloids. We're used to those being a bit odd and a bit strange. But there was a very strange letter to the Sunday Times Sport yesterday, yeah. and it was it was about uh, commentators who talk too much. And uh, of course, I can never find these things when I pick it up. Oh, here it is. Um, this is from Martin Beardsley wrote to the Sunday Times. He said, um, "The worst offender is Martin." Martin Tyler. He doesn't actually commentate at all, but tells long, rambling stories as if he's bored with the game and has more interesting things uh, to talk about. Have you? I have never, ever heard. I've no. listened to virtually all of Martin's commentary. I don't even know why they printed that letter. Surely somebody got that letter. And went, well, he doesn't do that. Yeah. He just commentates. I've never heard Martin tell an anecdote on a commentary ever. Maybe it was a quiet Strange, week on the letters it? page and uh, there was <laughs> nothing else to put in there. Anyway. Very much so. Let's have yeah. a bit of striker, shall we? Um, there's only three left, three parts left of this amazing Who Done It? And we rejoin Steve Bruce's murder mystery striker now from where we left off uh, at the weekend. Half time at the Leathersford Town versus Fulton game and the town boss Steve Barnes is in the dressing room with Detective Shannon uh, debating whether or not he should re-emerge for the second half. With suspicions growing that assistant manager Eddie Carberry is planning an armed attack. Oh no. You don't have to go out, Shannon said. I strongly advise against it. He may not have a go, I said. My gut tells me he will, Shannon answered, and in the second half. During the halftime break, I talked to the television people, a quick reaction to the game so far. No opportunity to say anything profound, but as Bill Brown reminded me, money in my pocket, and his too, of course. I used all kinds of cliches. We'd weathered the storm. There was no way to go except up game of two halves. We wanted a result. That 15 minutes gave the police the chance to do a thorough sweep of the stadium. They had no success. Others, some in civilian clothing, some in uniform, checked the terraces and stands. Shannon had told them to pay particular attention to the back rows. The producer in the TV room had been asked to keep an eye on all screens and try and get in amongst the crowd too. The teams ran out for the second half. I'd not had time to say even a brief word to our lads. As they came down the tunnel, I was waiting. I shook every one by hand. This usually happens at the end of a tough game, but now I had to let them see I was with them, willing them to victory. The crowd was by now aware of a strong police presence. Perhaps some thought Fulton had attracted a group of troublemakers and they were weeding them out. Same old Fulton. 
the reality was very different. I took my place on the bench next to Jim Much. He nodded but did not speak. The physio and the stretcher bearers were ready too. This could prove a busy half of them, as our team showed signs of fatigue and injury. My presence on the bench was not strictly necessary. Perhaps I was risking my life for no good reason. There was nothing to be gained from Susan being made a widow and the children orphaned at impressionable ages. But I had something to prove. I was placing my life on the line so that others might be saved. There we are, dramatic Ooh, stuff. I wonder if he's yeah. by. I wonder if Steve had seen that. Have you ever seen the film <laughs> Two Minute Warning? Uh, uh, no. Uh, John Cassavetes and uh, Charlton Heston. Uh, it's a uh, sort of mid 70s film. And uh, it's, a, it's a sniper in uh, a football stadium, in an American football stadium. And it's basically the Super Bowl, and uh, and they're worried. And they're trying to get to this guy before the mayhem ensues. So uh, a lone, crazed uh, sniper in the stadium. <laughs> it's very much. So Steve, you know, like all great writers, he just you know, he's like a sponge. Steve's like a sponge. sponge. He soaks <laughs> up all this creative genius from other have... places and, and repurposes it. I have noticed that all the characters have got footballers' names. So there's Bill Brown, who used to be the old Spurs goalie. Yeah. Probably when Steve was a young boy. Much. It was Andy Much, wasn't it? Was, there? And yeah. there's uh, Chief Inspector Shannon. Where's Detective Sergeant Keegan? <laughs> well, <laughs> God, still arguing about his extension. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Well, it probably hasn't escaped your attention over the weekend that Leeds are back in the Premier League. It's got one mm. or two little news stories, I think it's fair to say, and understandably because it's all happened under the incredible Marcelo Bill. So, a fantastic character. I think he's going to be a joy in the Premier League next season. Well, if that's mm. if he signs the contract that he hasn't yet. Joining us now to talk about that and more is a man who, when recently interviewed in the Manchester Evening News, and they asked him, Manchester has everything except, he said, a Leeds United club shop. Probably for good, <laughs> probably for good reason, because he'll be putting, pulling things on fire through the letterbox. Of course not. Uh, comedian, poet, and award-winning podcaster since we last spoke, Rob Orton. Good afternoon, Rob. All right, chaps, how are you doing? Yeah, we're not bad. We should good, ce- yeah. we should celebrate. Never mind Leeds winning the, the the championship. You've got a little trophy of your own. You uh, you, you podcast uh, won won an award, didn't it? Tell us more. Yeah, it did. Uh, so I've been doing an award. I mean, I've been doing a podcast called the Rob Orton. Uh, I've been do- it's called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's every day. And it's just me reading out some writing that I've written. Uh, some may call it poetry. It's just thoughts that I like, really. And um, there was the British Podcast Awards and it won the best daily podcast. And uh, yeah, some people like it. Some people don't. And I like it. But that's it. Really. <laughs> well, if you don't like it, then who else is going to? Do? <laughs> exactly. Very exactly. That's very you, Rob. Because on your website, you've got a little section that says praise and criticism. So you obviously like to embrace both sides of it. Yeah, I think I think you've got to, haven't you? I think um, one of my main posters that I put on one of my main quotes that I put on the posters is um, just sad from a. Div- Vanessa Phelps and um, <laughs> it's, um, uh, but yeah no it's uh, it's weird I'm a bit of a, out of practice doing these uh, interviews with what's been happening but um, yeah it's great to be on 
Yeah, no, we're, 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 we often uh, chat to you in the studio, but we'll, hopefully that can happen again soon. The, the incredible thing about BL, so all these stories keep now coming out. There's another story, isn't in the Sunday Times, Ian Hawkey wrote a piece about a young guy who has been so impressed with the way Bielsa has played his football. The guy, I think he just did his degree. So he spent the last couple of months uh, in lockdown trying to improve his Spanish. He had a bit of basic Spanish, but he's worked hard at it. And he wrote a letter to Bielsa with a few kind of South American inflections. He put the work in to make it feel quite authentic, saying, thank you for what you've done for my club. You're playing the best football I've seen in years. I absolutely love you. God bless you. He even started to drinking sort of mate and becoming a South American tea and get, <laughs> getting properly into it. But fair play to Bielsa, rather than just getting the press office to write something back, he phoned the guy. Uh, he left a message well, for him and he phones the guy and he says, I will treasure this letter always. And he seems one of these so quirky. He's his little bed sitting Weatherby by the training ground watching endless yeah. videos of forest green rovers and, and stuff. It's just, <laughs> it's, but he's quite compelling and I think maybe needs immortalising in poetry, Rob, should, you, should the moves take you. Yeah, well, it's funny you said that because I was speaking to my dad and he started to learn Spanish and he's a massive Leeds fan, so... That's when they got promoted. I was just really delighted for him because um, he's he, he supported Leeds since he was six or seven, and um, it's just uh, what it what it means to him. And a lot of my friends were Leeds fans. It's just incredible. And he he started to learn Spanish, and he said that he was going to write to Bielsa. And uh, but he, I think he, he's just caught everyone's imagination, hasn't he? And to have someone like that who there's such an artistry to it. And when I heard that story about him paying, like he paid off that 200 grand fine by himself, didn't he, for the um, Spygate or whatever. Yeah. And um, it, it was just, I just, it's so inspiring to have someone like that in, in football. And I can't wait for the, uh, for the Leeds fans to like, it, I just think that it's, it's so alive and I, it's, it's just great. I mean, I, I love performing and everything like that. And I think there is like, just the crowd when it gets going, there's nothing better than it, and Leeds fans definitely do that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, they're, they're a welcome return to the Premier League. It's going to be fun, isn't it, especially with him. Paul mentioned Forest Green. I was reading this morning. This is the extent of what he does. They they were playing Forest Green Leeds in a pre-season game, and he watched three Forest Green games back-to-back. I mean, that takes quite a lot of doing. What, there's, Forest Green, there's Forest Green fans who wouldn't watch three <laughs> Forest Green games back-to-back. They just wouldn't, would they, really? But uh, that's for a pre-season friendly. But, uh, no, it's, it's just that kind of level of quirkiness that's going to be... Going to be definitely a great addition. So, Rob, I, yeah, I mean, you, you you must be missing the performing, like like all other comedians, not just financially, but creatively, and and you know, for for your well being, really. Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, when um, just like I I went into this year thinking, come on, I, I had the most I had the most gigs booked. I'd have it. I'd booked. I was going to go over to Melbourne and do the uh, comedy festival and everything like that, and then. Everything just got scribbled out, and um, but it has allowed me to work on this podcast a lot more, mm-hmm. and then just try and get some different eyes and different diff- different fires. And um, I mean, I don't know what, what it has made me realise. It's just my job, work, life. It's just all about people, and it, it, you know, we need each other and uh, for everything to work and just being around people so important for, for everyone and I think hopefully it's just it's just um, 
hopefully we're just taking stock a bit and uh yeah i mean my dad's been very bored in lockdown i phoned him up and i said oh what are you doing today dad and he said oh, i'm bored i said all right what are you doing this afternoon he said i think i'm gonna put my weeds back in <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that's good yeah, oh, yeah. That, that is bored the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. And we chat now to a man we check in with uh, over the years, of course. Uh, he has a new album out, and I got all very excited. I mean, I'm, I'm excited anyway, but I got excited because I saw vinyl. When he said, I've got a new album, I saw vinyl. Yes. I saw comedy <laughs> records were back on vinyl. He's probably shouting down there, What's vinyl? Uh, Alex, comedian <laughs> Alex Edelman joins us. Uh, Alex, good afternoon. There's vinyl on the seats in my grandparents' kitchen. <laughs> so that is, uh, that's what I thought you're. Ta- that's what I think you're talking about, surely. Yeah. But, I, uh, but when I was a kid, when Andy and I were kids, the, the kind of the comedy record was a thing. It's hard to believe that someone would sit there and listen to a long playing record and have some great stuff. Uh, over the years from, from on both sides of the Atlantic. But, um, I mean, the kids, they're not going to want vinyl, are they? I wouldn't think. No, but that's why I put one out, because I was one of those kids. You know, I listened to Mel Brooks's and Carl Reiner's 2,000-Year-Old Man. Yeah. I listened to Seinfeld's records. I listened to to um, Richard Pryor. I listened to Bill Cosby, who sadly died a few years ago, apparently. You know, I just, uh, <laughs> like, I listened to... To anyone I could get my hands on. <laughs> but, Snuck that one I, in, didn't you? Yeah. So this, yeah, I did, I did. This is, so this, al- gonna be like, what? this Yeah, it's a, this, this album, we're with you. This album um, is a collection of your favorite 22 jokes. 
Well, yeah, it's twenty-two tracks. I mean, there's more than there's more than one joke on each track. But yes, I, I wanted to. That would be that wouldn't be good value, would it? Like, no. hey, pay pay ten quid for the album. It's got twenty-two laughs. On it. But uh, but it's in this economy, you can't afford that. But but uh, but yeah, it's twenty-two bits from uh, from my my first uh, solo shows because um, uh, you know people kept asking me. At gigs, hey, where can I hear this joke? Where can I hear this joke? And I'm like, 2016. <laughs> you know, it's uh, if you need, a, you need a time machine for some of them. So, so I uh, I put together ones that had you know that had sort of uh, fallen by the wayside, and I had a whole bunch of new jokes um, uh, that didn't quite fit in the solo show that I was doing, uh, or the solo show that I was touring when the world ended. So, uh, you know, I, I put them all together and uh, we recorded them one night in, in Minneapolis and in Minnesota. And, uh, and yeah, now I have this, this album, which I, which I quite like. Excellent. Yeah, we should also congratulate you because in your role as writer and executive producer, you produced a, 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 a show for YouTube that raised an awful amount of, a really fantastic amount of money for COVID-19 Emergency Respond Fund. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was um, it's it was very niche, and uh, I I did this. Uh, your listeners are going to think that this is a practical joke, but it's not. Um, we we I made an online Passover seder with uh, with a bunch of friends, and we raised like three and a half million dollars for for the COVID nineteen cancer relief. Uh, sorry, not cancer for the COVID nineteen uh, relief fund for the CDC. And it's just the most specific thing you could ever possibly do, but it just shows you how much people wanted to watch anything online in the early days of this pandemic. <laughs> That's true. Anything. Yeah. Are you still? So are, are, are you in Boston at the moment, uh, Alex? Are you in the state? No, I. So I was. So I was on tour in the UK when when this all started, mm -hmm. and then um, and then I I all my flights home kept getting canceled. Um, and I showed up at the airport. I was like, fly me anywhere, please. Just get me back to America. And, uh, and they flew me to Philadelphia. And then I went to New York, which was like a ghost town for a few weeks. Mm. And then I went to Boston. And about three weeks ago, I, got, I, I flew to Los Angeles dressed, you know, dressed like a packet of, of raisins. I was like, cellared. I was like shrink wrapped, basically. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I've been, been back home in Los Angeles since then and, and missing sports. This is what this is what it's going to take to get me to watch cricket. Frankly, <laughs> this type of well, uh, the base... I'm watching Korean baseball. Well, the, I'm, the, well, like the... I'm watching anything. Well, MLB's back soon, and the football plans to come back, and of course the NBA uh, live from uh, from Disneyland soon. They're really, you know, it's the, so so the so the NFL, as you guys may have may have covered, the the, the players are really starting a dialogue about what it's going to take for them to feel safe as they, as they come back. And I, I think the problem is no athlete, you know, athletes are so concerned with their physical fitness, especially in the U S now it's there. It's, it's what they think about all day, every day. And so, you know, so like, as you know, some baseball players have already opted out of playing in the new major league baseball, mm -hmm. um, uh, bubbles and a couple of NBA players have decided not to play. And Russell Wilson is a quarterback for the Seahawks. In Seattle yesterday in the NFL said, you know, that he has a pregnant wife and that the NFL would need to do this, this, this and this to make him feel safe. So it's going to be like it's going to be really interesting to see what the what what the NFL does 
because I think people sort of like what the NBA, you know, NBA is doing, but mm. I don't know that it's enough to get everybody in the NBA uh, back playing because, you know, if your uh, player is making a hundred million dollars and you get this thing that can restrict your, you know, breathing perhaps permanently, then it may just be worth it for you to sit it out until there's a vaccine. So, sure. so it's who will see what we'll see what happens. But man, it's, I miss sports so much. I miss sports so much. <laughs> yeah, cool. We all well, we've at least had football here, but we 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 watched a lot of sports documentaries in the early part. You talked about people wanting to watch stuff, and I didn't realize. Looking at your bio, I mean, you never know with bios if it's true. But it says you've produced. We talk about this series a lot, the Thirty for Thirty series that you have produced a couple for them. What Thirty yeah. for Thirties were you involved with? Well, I wrote one documentary on the history of the batting glove. Which is very boring, I'm sure. For you. It's what it's what it's what. Um, okay, this I'll do this for the UK. A batting glove is what baseball players wear on their hands when they hit. Um, baseball players are um, strong uh, people who play a worse version of cricket. Um, <laughs> cricket, like yeah, I don't. It, but but it was it was one very specific thing. And and thirty for thirties, the ESPN ones, they're very very specific. Um, mm, yeah. But but yeah, before this, I did I I did like eight doc. Before I was a comedian, I did like eight documentaries on sports and American culture for the U.S. State Department, and um and I was like. Yeah, and I did one of the thirty for thirties, but it wasn't anything like the Last Dance. Have you guys seen the Last <laughs> oh, Dance? Oh yeah, yet? yeah, we, we oh, certainly have. My God, as a Celtics fan, as a Boston Celtics fan, I watched that and I was like, I think I might be a Chicago Bulls fan. I think yeah. I may have been living. I think Michael Jordan might be the greatest, but but for uh, for for I guess the last couple of months, the only sort of action that American sports fans have had is watching Christian Pulisic try to play. Uh, for Chelsea, he's getting he's getting he's, had a, he's done really well. well since lockdown. He's been one of the stars. He's done he's done very well. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good sign. He's really seized his moment. But do you know, like I was in the park yesterday in Los Angeles, and I heard two American guys who I would never have guessed watch sports arguing over who should play in goal for Manchester United. <laughs> and like <laughs> that is really that is really not how that's not how how it is here and I think people are paying attention to European sports in a way that never that's that would yeah, never yeah. otherwise happen. Yeah. So I'm I mean like I'm listening to the you know what happens in, in the Indian cricket with genuine interest which is so horrible because <laughs> I hate cricket. Oh well. But, um, well, uh, where can we where can we find your album and what's it called? Oh, um, so the album's called Until Now, and mm. you could find it by searching my name in any place that does albums. But uh, it's it's on my uh, website alex edelman dot com, or it's in on in the bio links of my social media pages and Twitter, uh, Alex Edelman or Alex Edelman Comedy on Instagram. But uh, but yeah, you can. Just the old Google. Google will help. Indeed. Uh, look, we'll catch up with you soon. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to, good to speak to you again. There we are. Alex Edelman there. Our thanks to him. And uh, one twenty-four for four. Still no wicket, Andy. Getting a bit concerned there, aren't you? I can see that. More than concerned. <laughs> I, th I think it's been an incredibly disappointing performance from England, this. Really poor. Having got a good start. And they're, they're architects of their own problems by not, still, you know. Still a lot of overs to go. 
Still about so what? Yeah, about still 40, a lot of overs. Forty-five to go, but overs. Trouble is, they don't look like taking a wicket, do they? Yeah, I mean, they just don't. It's anyway, really gone flat. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We didn't quite squeeze in. Uh, don't ask me because we ran out of time with the cr- live cricket and more. But we will do that tomorrow when Andy will be back in the studio with me. So uh, thanks, as I say, for listening. We'll catch up with you soon. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.